And I think Nigeria is having that moment where it's just like, enough is enough. Like, it has to stop with this generation. The message. Spotlighting the most important voices of today with Ebro. An open dialogue about their experiences in these times and the music that inspires them. Welcome back to The Message. I'm your host, Ebro Darden. Back in 2020, while the U.S. was in the midst of nationwide protests sparked by the murder of George Floyd, Nigeria was dealing with a protest movement of its own. The hashtag NSAR swept social media, calling for the disbanding of the Special Anti-Robbery Squad, a division of Nigerian police known for its brutality against Nigerian citizens. The youth-led movement went global, gathering support from U.S. celebrities as well as Nigerian stars like today's guest singer and activist Tiwa Savage. I sat down with her at the end of 2020 after the protests reached a devastating climax when soldiers opened fire on protesters at a toll gate in Lagos. We talked about the movement in the wake of this violence and what the future looks like for the young people of Nigeria. This is the message. Let's get into it. All right, here we go. Another conversation that we like to call The Message. And today's messenger is Tiwa Savage coming to us from Lagos, Nigeria. Tiwa, what's popping? How are you, bro? Good to see you again. <laughs> Good to see you too. Um, I, I've, uh, I've, I'm glad that you gave us time today. I've been wanting to connect with you uh, about what's going on in Nigeria. Um, we've had a, the pleasure of speaking to some of the activists and having conversation with other artists. Uh, but I wanted to get your perspective because uh, your, your most recent release has been, you know, it's, it's amazing. But not only that, there's songs on the most recent release that, you know, obviously challenge the status quo of culture in Nigeria. Um, and so, you know, on the message, we ask artists to put together a playlist, you know, beyond just their album and their own music to kind of, uh, you know, convey not only the the, the energy of the moment, but what they want to want to say to their community uh, and to their fans. And uh, you gave us 26 songs, um, and I want to dig right into it and and turn it over to you. Uh, give a, what what is the climate right this moment in Nigeria post uh, the protests regarding NSARS and and everything going on? I think um, it's a bit. Everyone's just kind of like just regrouping, going back, trying to... Because the hashtag NSARS was just a catalyst, right? Um, it was just to bring awareness to um, bigger pictures. It wasn't just about, you know, ending police brutality. You know, it's about ending injustice, um, bad governance, um, and just fighting for a better country for us, for our children, and, you know, just for the future. So um, it, was, it was a great start, you know, because it was a peaceful protest. Um, um, obviously didn't end well, but um, but we moved. And um, I think everyone's just regrouping and just figuring out come 2023, you know, we all realize that we all have a voice and we have to use it. Um, now you threw out the number 2023. Is that the next big election cycle? Mm -hmm. Correct. Yes, yes. So I think everyone's just, you know, gearing towards that and knowing that we all have to get our voting cards, our PVC, and just educating ourselves more on the Constitution, and just how powerful our vote is. How is this uh, culturally different than, let's say, you know, uh, your parents' generation 
or individuals, you know, because a lot of individuals that, you know, I speak to who are from Nigeria, you know, there there was the kind of independence generation. Then there was the generation after that who, you know, a lot of them, you know, educated their children abroad in hopes that their kids would come back home to Nigeria and continue to build on, uh, you know, the work of, you know, the the, the elders. Um, is that coming to fruition or is there some kind of, is there a disconnect between, let's say, your parents' generation and your generation? No, I mean, absolutely not from my point of view. Like, every single person that I've spoken to, my parents and aunts and everyone was, you know, everyone's just echoing the same message that we're so proud of you. Um, We're so proud of this generation and how um, we're continuing the fight. Um, And it just seems to be growing bigger. I think uh, one major, the the significant difference is the social media aspect of it. You know, this time around, like the whole Mm. world was able to see it. Um, almost immediately, as opposed to, you know, word of mouth and, you know, news traveling, um, you know, back in the day, I think, you know, now everyone can see there's like, (laughs) there's live videos, there's like pictures, there's Instagram posts, there's things that's happening right now. So um, I think that's the big difference. And uh, it's making people realize just how severe it is and also like you like you mentioned with our our parents and you know grandparents it just shows that nothing has changed and I think Nigeria is having that moment where it's just like enough is enough like it has to stop with this generation. I want to get into the joint uh which is number three on your the message playlist uh Ole um, yeah. Tell me why this record is important, and 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 why we gotta you know make sure this record is, uh, and why you dedicated it to the to the whole movement. Well, um, I recorded this song in January, way way before any of this happened, and that's to show you that this didn't just start, you know, a um, couple of weeks ago. It's been happening for decades, and it was really important for me to address this issue and address just the you know, injustice that's happening in Nigeria. Really, the next song that I was supposed to drop was Parkwell featuring David O. And um, I had to pull it back. And, you know, fortunately for myself and Naira, we'd shut the video, um, we'd shut it down. So um, a lot of people were apprehensive to release records um, around this time. And I I just felt like it was important for me to put it out because the video was so apt. It was almost like... It was almost like we did it for what was happening and we didn't. And I had to dedicate it to, you know, not just the lives that were lost during this protest, but just in general, um, just everyone that's just been fighting for injustice. Like I said, it didn't just start now. It's been happening for decades. This is Ole, which uh, which is, it means thief in Yoruba? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so basically it's just like talking about, you know, just... Not just stealing money, but, you know, just mismanaging everything. Um, Mismanaging, you know, wealth and, you know, just, I don't know, not having constant light, water, good health care, education, infrastructure. And even what happened at at the toll, right? Even what happened at the toll, they stole life. These young people's lives, man, that, that were stolen. I mean, it's it's still very, very difficult and surreal for me to to talk about it or even just 
when I when I imagine what really happened, it's it's still very hard. It's still a hard pill to swallow. It's like, you know, we're not out on the street protesting and fighting for, you know, to overthrow the government. Actually, we're just we're just fighting for a better Nigeria for everyone, even politicians. Like, you know, you would think that everybody would want a better country, even the rich, even the elite. It affects all of us. It affects every single person. It's not just, you know, the poor people. Like, not having healthcare affects everyone. Not having good education affects everyone. Not having constant light affects every single person, whether you're rich or not. Tiwa, uh, on these 26 songs you provided us today, uh, I mean, there's, there's many things that speak to um, not only culture, but the quarantine uh, you know, things that you've talked about on your most uh, recent record um, with regard to even uh, the attack that women are under in Nigeria, too. And, you know, uh, you as a woman speaking on behalf of women. Is this time period uh, right now? I know I know you you tend to be a very shy person and speaking with the music is usually your your, your favorite mode. <laughs> um, has it been hard for you to find your voice outside of music during this time? Oh yeah, like I'm I'm a recluse. I'm usually just by myself in my room. Like I don't go to an event unless I have to. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so this time is like I was really happy to put this project together because I was able to 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 speak on or touch on stuff that I would po- probably would be so scared to say by myself, like, you know, in an interview or something. So I use this album basically like therapy for myself and just to to speak, you know. Um, I feel like as an artist, you know, we have a duty to to be a voice for the voiceless. We... It's not just about, you know, capitalizing on fame and fortune and making money and living lavish lives. You know, we have a followership. And, you know, the more, the longer you are in the industry, you, you realize how important it is to just, you know, speak to your followers and, you know, represent them in the right way. Especially because there's so, so many young, young people that listen to our music. I think, like, you know, we, we, we can get to them far, you know, far better than politicians or religious leaders. They will probably listen to their favorite artists over a politician. So we have to use that platform. Uh, here on the message, um, when we put these playlists together, you know, you guys, the artists that have participated, take us on on a journey uh, for our next record. Where should we go inside this message uh, playlist to make sure that we bring this message home for your your fans, followers, and community? Gosh, I really don't want to pick my song again. I'm really trying to, <laughs> but um, I'm going to have to pick Celia's song. Let's do it. I'm sorry. Like... Let's do it. Track 21. <laughs> Tell me why you pick, why, why you picking this record right now on the message and why it was added to your playlist. Because I, um, when we were working on this record, I was just like, I was feeling so heavy, like I felt like there was so much. And this was just before quarantine as well. So it, it just felt like, and I listened to the song a lot during quarantine. It just used to lift my spirit. I used to feel like, oh my God, like we're stuck at home, locked down. We don't know what the future is going to hold. I was hearing stories from so many people getting depressed and, 
you know, um, and when, when the album came, came out, a lot of people actually hit me up about this particular record, like how it just, like they listen to it constantly, how it just lifts their spirits. And um, it just speaks on when you just really have nothing else to say. Like you just feel like you're at the bottom, you can't get up, and life is just throwing everything at you all at the same time. Like this is one of those records that really just, I guess, gives you hope. Tiwa, I read here uh, that 46 or more people are being taken to court over their involvement in the NSARS protests. Um, Yourself are are on that list. How real is this uh, and and what are the charges, I guess? Um, Well, I can't really speak too much on it um, for legal reasons. I've spoken to my lawyer. I just, yeah, I can't, I can't really speak too much on it. So it's very real. I am disappointed, though, because I feel like, like I said, we are fighting for a better Nigeria for everyone. And when I say fight, I don't mean, quote, unquote, like being physical or violent. I mean, you know, we're just, we're just, we, it was, it's a peaceful protest. Like when I, when I went for, when I participated in it, it was very, very peaceful. Um, just, you know, young people just saying that they want, to end police brutality, they want a better Nigeria. So I, I don't know how that message could be misunderstood to be anything else, but what we want is a better Nigeria for everyone. So um, yeah, I've seen the list and I am disappointed because we are fighting for everyone. We want a better Nigeria for our children. Is this, um, is this sort of thing uh, just another um, way that uh, I guess authorities, um, government included or elites, if you will, who want to keep people afraid to speak out. Because I have talked to activists who are basically like, I have decided to, you know, not be an, not be as active because I'm afraid for my family or I'm afraid for my own well-being. And is that sort of the atmosphere? Um, I wouldn't blame anyone for feeling like that. Um, Yes, I'm, I'm sure some people do feel that, um, especially, like you said, activists who... <sighs> but again, I think we need to study, we need to study the Constitution, we, um, and we need, to, we need to fight with that. And again, mm-hmm. I, I can't stress it enough. Like, we've seen it happen in America with, you know, how powerful your vote is. How, how strong it is for people to come to come out. That one single vote is very, very powerful. And that's what we need to educate ourselves back in Nigeria, that we need to vote. And um, as, as far as using it as a tool to keep us quiet, I don't know if that's... To create going, fear. You know, lawsuits create fear. You yeah. know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I, again, I, for, for the people, my, my colleagues and the people I've spoken to, everybody... Even though it seems that everything is getting quiet, I feel like, like I said, we're all regrouping. We're all just trying to strategize and see how we can, you know, make make a better Nigeria while abiding by the law. So yeah, as far as using it as a tool to scare, to scare people, I I, I really I really don't think we should be scared because at this point, you know, what choice do we have? Do we continue living like this, or, or do we fight for our rights? Um, so either way, I think um, we, we kind of know that we, it's, we don't really have a choice at this point. We have to, 
we have to continue the fight. While everything's going on in Nigeria, um, I would love to hear from you because there's, you know, there's obviously the, the message of love and there's still culture and community, you know, because people are very proud in Nigeria, right? Like it's people are proud of, of how far Nigeria has come in 60 years of independence. I don't know. I guess the other side of the coin, and maybe you can help me with this, is seeing everybody come that is coming together to push for positive vibes mm -hmm. and unity. Is that also uh, getting shine out there in Nigeria? Yes, I think especially after the, you know, um, what happened at the toll gate, you know, every, every, it's still the topic of conversation everywhere. And everyone is echoing the same thing, young, old, everyone, rich, poor, everyone is echoing the same thing. And there's unity. There's, if, if there's one thing that everybody agrees on is that we cannot continue how we have been for the past 60 years. Nigeria is the biggest black nation on the planet. <laughs> like, That's right. It is the biggest. So it's so important, not just for Nigerians, but for every single person of color that we get it right. That's powerful. And, and do you feel like Nigerians understand how you guys impact us, you know, uh, and other black folks around the world? Do you feel like that is a... If it wasn't before, has that been an awakening in this moment to see the world even rally behind what's going on in Nigeria? That that the the you know the world is watching. Yes, definitely. I think um, it's not an isolated problem. I think that we all need each other, and I think I, I was it was such an amazing feeling. I, I was so proud to be Nigerian. Um, just seeing everyone support yourself and you know, so many different platforms. And uh, we just have to keep the conversation going. That's why I was so happy that, you know, when I heard I was going to have this interview with you, just like, you know, we have to keep the conversation going because 2023 is, is, I mean, it is, but it isn't. It's a long way ahead. Like so many things are going to happen. And then, you know, by the time it comes, everyone has forgotten what just happened a couple of weeks ago. So it's important to keep the conversation going so that people you know, it's still fresh and people understand how, how important it is when, when the time comes. Uh, I want to get into this joint on uh, the message, uh, another joint from Naira Marley, uh, who's with you on Ole and, and you know, Naira's out here doing his thing. Uh, what does as Idego mean? <laughs> as Idego, like, oh my God, you put me on the spot, guys. What, how, how can I explain as Idego? How can I explain, what does that mean? As it's happening. <laughs> they're laughing at me. They're like, yeah. <laughs> it means, um, yeah, like, like, it's so hard for me to explain this in English. Like, as it's, as it's happening, like, go with it. Like, yeah, it's, this is it's, it. it's this happening is, this now. Is what like, it, go with it. Yeah, this, yeah, this is what it is. This is, this is, this is what's happening. Yeah. That's what I thought. I didn't want to. I didn't want to play myself and 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 make assumptions. Uh, but I figured what you was talking about just now. This record kind of lines up with it because this is the vibe, man. Yes. This is where it's at. This is where we're at. This is where you know. This is the the, the energy. This is what you know what I mean. This is what we have. Like we could have dual citizenship. We can have visas to travel anywhere in the world. But we always have to come back home because this is what we have. This is this is our home. As he they go. <laughs> 
You're listening to The Message with my guest, Tiwa Savage. You can find her message playlist right now on Apple Music. And if you want to learn more about the NSARS movement, you can find my NSARS Now special on Apple Music featuring journalist Joey Akan, Kiki Morty, and artists Oxlade and Asa. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more conversations like this one. Now back to the combo. Uh, Tiwa, I want to I want to ask you um, about you know your profile as this uh, top tier artist from Africa, uh, someone who has lived in America, someone who has traveled, H- having uh, and being a part of you know look breast cancer awareness, building schools, youth empowerment. Uh, I think it, it is the song on your album. Is it, it what's the it was the first single. Uh, where you were speaking about uh, kind of the uh, the way uh, men in uh, culture in Nigeria kind of, um, you know, are, are predators on younger girls. Koroba. Yeah, Koroba. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, being being speaking out through your music is something that you've always done while also having a good time, while also being sexy, while also being a powerful woman. You know what I mean? All, the, all of these things. Um, Talk to talk to us right now about where you're at in your career in that kind of uh, powerful woman artist space and leveraging your platform in many ways. So Celia was, you know, you know, I, I really wanted to, you know, take a risk, take a chance, and speak on things that I was just like, okay, I've kind of touch on it. Kuroba was really one of them, um, and. It just became such a huge record for me, but the lyrics are so deep, like you like you mentioned. So now for me, it's like, I don't know, like the next project, I'm gonna put my all into it. It's like I'm gonna dig deeper. I'm gonna, I wanna speak on things that's been in my head for so long that I'm like, I wanna talk about it. And like I said earlier on, I'm always so apprehensive to speak on it on interviews because I'm always like. I don't know if it's going to come out right or people are going to, you know, misconstrue my words or whatever or take it out of context. But when it when it's put in in a song, in music, it seems to travel and live longer and touch people more. So now I'm like, okay, now I got you guys. I'm going to... So the next, subsequent <laughs> projects are going to be so deep. Like, I mean, not to say that I'm not going to have cute, fun, sexy records, but... Now I, I I really I really want to speak about some things. Uh, Ty, I, I want to first say thank you for your time. Um, I know you know, like you said, you know, you let the music speak. So often when we get at we get to sit and talk, um, you know, Caroba. We talked about that as a single, and I had the pleasure of sitting with you. Uh, but even uh, the single you put out. Um, which was about, uh, it was, uh, you, you put me on, it was, uh, what was it, 99? 4999. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, that was um, you took, and that was, you know, talking about um, corruption uh, even before this moment. Like, you started on this journey before it was mainstream cool. And yep. you leveraged your mainstream profile to, to, to begin this conversation. And it just so happened that, uh, you know, the corruption with the police and SARS and the government got put on the international uh, stage and under the spotlight. Yep. Break that, uh, that what, is the, what is it again, 99? 49.99. 49.99. Tell me again what that expression means. 
So, you know, um, it's a phrase coined by Fela Kuti, um, and it's basically just speaking of the imbalance and the injustice where you have a bus and there's 49 seats, but you have twice as many people standing um, because it's cheaper and it's just like overpopulated, overcongested, you know, and this is how people travel to and from work every day. Um, you know, you see it still where people are holding on, hanging off of buses. You see it even on trains. Um, so, yeah, it's basically about injustice that's still happening in Nigeria. And and have you, you know, you were just telling us that your next project, um, you know, you're going to really begin to lean in even more here. Have you started writing for, you know, because I know you do that every day. That's like your thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> have you started constructing? And, and when would we see another T with Savage project, do you think? Well, me, I'm not that kind of artist that, you know, I'm always in the studio 24-7. Even, you know, after I drop a project, I'm still working and working. I kind of have to take a break. So after Celia, I took a break. And obviously, I was doing a lot of promo. But I've just maybe in the last month, I've just been writing down and jotting down like lyrics, ideas, concepts of things that I want to talk about. So I have been writing. Um, I haven't been back in the studio physically with producers to put music to it. But I've definitely written a lot, like a lot to cover another project for sure. You know, before we wrap today on the message here on Apple Music One, um, you've said a lot of things through music and you've said a lot today. Uh, and and my biggest uh, hope and uh, is that we periodically um, continue to have the conversations about the changing governmental culture and uh, establishment culture in Nigeria and around the world for Black people, right? Whether it's in America, you know, we're we're going through. Uh, you know, cultural shifts in our engagement in the in the process of politics, um, the sa- and dealing with police brutality and dealing with the economy, et cetera, et cetera. Same things going on in Nigeria. Same things going on in South Africa. Same things going on in the UK. Same things going on in Brazil. Same things going on in Australia. Same thing. You know, it's same things going on in Hong Kong. You know, these things are going on all over the world, right? What is the message that you have? Um, you know, you're somebody that's traveled the world. You've had a lot of success. Uh, what's the message you have for people out there so that they can uh, continue to, to follow along, stay engaged, and, 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 and go along uh, on this? Because this is a journey that's not going to end in four years, even when <laughs> voting takes place in Nigeria. Like, this is, I feel, something we're doing for the rest of our lives. Absolutely. You know, there is a saying that you know, no one's free until everybody's free. And I, and I believe that. I believe that, you know, it's just hard for me to, you know, live my comfortable life, li- you know, make all the money I want to make, have all the fame and the fortune and the, you know, success or whatever. And my neighbor is like, my neighbor's hungry, my neighbor's depressed, my neighbor's suffering. It's just it's just really hard for me to sleep at night knowing that, and I'm not saying that you know every, we can we can save everyone around the world, but you can make a difference, and you don't have to wait and sit back and wait for your favorite artist to do it. You don't have to wait for a politician to do it or someone, you know, um, whoever your your neighbor to do it. There's something you can do and you can give back. And like you said, this is this this is a journey, and this is something that. It's probably going to go on for the rest of our lives. We're always going to fight 
for, you know, a better life or, you know, for justice for everyone. Um, but because that's the case, that doesn't mean we should stop. We have to do it. And um, it's continuous. It's never going to stop. But again, I'm going to reiterate, no one is free until everybody's free. Yo, let's hit them with this African vibe on the clothes. You know what I mean? Because, you know, <laughs> Africa, for all black people around the world, that is our connective tissue. You know what I mean? That is how we, you know, see each other as black people. You know, yes. no matter where you are on planet Earth, you know, black folks see each other and we see each other through that African lens. You know what I mean? At some point, no matter what your nationality I still feel like we find it hard. Like, I still feel like we still see ourselves as different. You know, I still feel like, you know, Africans see Caribbeans as different and Caribbeans see themselves as different and African-Americans. And that also breaks my heart, too. I feel like, you know, I, like, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at you now. You are my brother. Do you know what I mean? And we have, to, we have to keep, we have to keep, like, selling that message. Like, we got to practice. It takes yeah, it's practice. Been years and you've been of, taught something else. Of, we've been lied to for so long. And a lot of us are woke now. We know the truth, but majority of people don't see it still, still. Well, and then the other part is those of us that know better, we can't fall for the traps of, you know, arguing over geography, arguing over, you know, rice and food you know, arguing over, you know, music and, you know, arguing over, uh, you know, geographic country lines that were drawn by our colonizer and our oppressor, you know, arguing over names that were given to us by our oppressor. Those of us that know better, you know, need to not play into that energy, you know what I mean? So that it kind of, you know, um, stifles that growing idea, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, I was talking to, um, I was talking to Burner Boy and some other activists out in uh, Nigeria, and they were even challenging the idea of the naming of the country, right? Being that it was named by colonists who just basically named it the black area. You know what I mean? It was- Nigeria, exactly. A lot of people don't know that actually. Yep, yeah, it's true. And so people are so beholden to a name, you know, even here in the United States, right? You have black folks, uh, your last name, more often than not, when you are a descendant of slavery, your last name is a plantation. That was the plantation owner's name. Mm -hmm. And so you're carrying this plantation identity with you. Uh, which is why, you know, Muhammad Ali changing his name, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar changing his name. That was a movement for black folks in America to say that my, from this point forward, my family will not be tied to a plantation. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we still have a lot of work to do there, but that's why I said those of us that know, you know, we need to not fall for the traps and that's why you know, I was so, you know, I love, I love the Burner Boy project because it had so, you know, it was such a movement. And, you, you know, as artists, sometimes, you know, we're pressured into, you know, when you start speaking on things like this, you know, your followers are like, oh, we don't want to hear that. We just want to party. We just want to drink. We just want to have fun. 
And yo, like you're playing with your life, you're playing with your future. And so that's why I'm always like, you know, artists that have huge platforms, even artists that don't, you know, upcoming artists, you need to realize that, you know, your music is powerful and not every single thing has to be about going out and getting drunk and getting a girl or whatever. Like you need to use your music as a tool. Um, in these times, it's really, really, really important. Very, very important. Tiwa Savage, this is The Message. Thank you, Tiwa. Thanks, Ebro. <laughs> the Message. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. An open dialogue about the voices of today and their experiences through music that inspires them.